God's word for us today. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly, and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word, that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed, they departed to their own country by another way. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, today's message is about gift giving. This is a, a time where probably we've received gifts and given gifts. Do you ever find it difficult to find gifts for people? For me, I think it's especially for my parents. <laughs> uh, I think what makes it so hard to find gifts for my parents is, uh, you know, this belief that I have that my parents don't need anything. <laughs> what do you gift for people who don't need anything? I think this is applicable when we think about God, right? What does God need of us? You know, God doesn't need new socks. God doesn't need an iPad, right? Uh, but I think the broader question is, in this Christian life, what do we really have to offer God? What should we give to our God? And the, the passage today is a very well-known passage, maybe the best-known passage uh, about gift-giving. Uh, it, it's about the what we normally call the three wise men. Uh, very interestingly, it actually doesn't say there were three of them. Uh, it, it just tells us that there were these mag, 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 magi, uh, excuse me, who are from the East. They are foreigners. Uh, and, and what the Magi were um, can be understood as kind of ancient astrologers. You know, we're not really sure where they were from, but for whatever reason, they were searching the stars for signs. They see this sign that the King of the Jews is born. And so they go out trying to find this king. And when they finally find him, they give great gifts. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And uh, these gifts are gifts fit for a king. They would have been very costly. I mean, gold is obviously self-explanatory. Gold is still valuable today. Uh, frankincense would have been, well, uh, I, I know we have that Frank part. It, it always made me think of Frankenstein whenever I heard this. Uh, but the key word is incense. This sweet-smelling or 
pleasantly smelling thing, spice, uh, myrrh, w- which would have been a, a kind of fragrance. Um, and, you know, as is true today, uh, fragrances would have been very valuable. I don't know if you've ever tried to buy perfume for someone. It's very expensive, especially if you get the pure stuff and it's not super diluted. You see uh, perfume being used in the Bible as a gift to Jesus on a number of occasions here at his birth. Uh, But it it, it happens throughout scripture. There are many stories. Uh, Perhaps it's the same woman. Perhaps it's a different woman. But every gospel has an account of a woman pouring out fragrance onto Jesus. Uh, In two of the gospels, it's on his feet. And she wipes uh, Jesus' feet with her hair. Uh, in, in two of the Gospels, it's over his entire body. And we are told uh, that Jesus interprets this as the woman preparing his body for burial. And interestingly enough, you actually see myrrh being given to Jesus. Uh, and it's precisely in that context. I want to show you. Uh, This is John chapter 19, uh, verse 39. It says, Nicodemus also, who earlier had come to Jesus by night, came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 70 pounds in weight. So Nicodemus, if you might remember, uh, is the Pharisee who visits Jesus and has that very, very famous exchange where we get the most famous verse in the entire scripture, Uh, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. That's a great gift. Jesus giving himself to us. And here Nicodemus seems to be returning the favor in a way. Uh, Maybe Nicodemus understands the enormity of what Jesus has done for the world, and he wants to honor Jesus. And so he does it with this mixture of myrrh and aloes to anoint his body. Uh, But we're told it's 75 pounds. Man, 75 pounds of of fragrance? You, You have to imagine that that would have been very, very costly. When the woman... Uh, gives the gift of the perfume, anointing Jesus, pouring it out on Jesus. In several of the Gospels, you hear the disciples complaining, saying that this is a waste of money. You could have used this money better. You, you, You could have used it on the poor. Why did you waste it in this way? And so there definitely is a cost involved. I think many of us, uh, we understand that good gifts are often costly. Is, is that what makes a, a, a gift good? Is that it's valuable? Well, it can be. And when we think about what we can give to God, I think we want to give God a good gift. You do get the sense, especially in Luke chapter 7, we're, we're not going to read the whole account, But basically, we are told that this woman uh, was forgiven much. And because she was forgiven much, she loved much. She understood the enormity of what Jesus had done for her. 
And so she wanted to give back. Maybe like Nicodemus. We learn how to give to God by what Jesus has done for us. Jesus sacrificed himself. He didn't just give a gift that was, you know, something that he could spare. (laughs) You know, Um, I happen to have some money. I'm going to buy you something. Uh, Hey, human beings, here's uh, something that I'm giving you. It's just a leftover. I had it lying around. No, he gave of his own body. He gave of himself for us. There's nothing more costly than that. There's nothing more valuable than that. And so it inspires these people to say, Jesus, if you have given us such a great gift, you know, what is 75 pounds of fragrance? You know, compared to this enormous gift, the forgiveness of all of our sins, the opportunity to have a relationship with God. Wow. But I think for many of us, sometimes when we look at passages like this, or or we think about the idea of what we can give to God, it just feels like a burden. Now, let me ask you, do you think it was a burden for uh, the the woman in in that passage to give uh, the very costly perfume to to Jesus? Was it a burden for Nicodemus? Was it a burden for uh, the Magi? Uh, When they see the star that symbolizes that the king of the Jews is there, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. This is verse 10. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures. They offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. Do you imagine that the, the Magi are like, ah, oh, well, I guess... I mean, if you're a king, we have to offer this to you in tribute. Uh, uh, you know, we're being forced to. And, and, and do you think they're giving begrudgingly? Do you think they're giving, they're, they're giving their gifts um, with resentment? You know, I, I think sometimes maybe we think of it this way. But we're told that there's this great joy. I just imagine they see Jesus. Uh, with Mary, and they're just filled with awe. One of the things with gifts that we know is gifts should not be given under compulsion, or it's not a gift anymore. As I was preparing this message, I got a call from Kevin Chung and Sunny Lee. They they were going to get some bubble tea, and uh, they knew that our family is under strict quarantine, because uh, we're, we're getting ready to go visit my parents in Cincinnati, and you know uh, we wanted to be safe about it, and so they knew we couldn't go out, and so uh, they brought us a bubble tea and other goodies, and and it was so nice. Um, when they asked if, if we wanted bubble tea, uh, my response was, "Oh, hey, thanks, but you, you don't have to do that." And Kevin just kind of paused and was like, I know, man, I know I don't have to do it. <laughs> of course, you know, that it's not a gift if you have to do it. And, and he wouldn't have offered if he didn't want to do it. Before we, we go into offering, I always reference this scripture, 2 Corinthians 9, 7. Uh, 
that says, Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And so God, much like anyone, doesn't want someone to give a gift begrudgingly. He, he doesn't want you to, to give because you have to or because you're being forced to. He, he wants you to give just like any of us because you want to. And so, you know, gifts are meaningful when somebody gives freely. But the reason why a lot of these gifts are costly is because the, the real gift that Jesus wants from us is us. The, the gift that the woman gave was very meaningful. The woman who anoints Jesus and, and pours out the, the fragrance over him and wipes his feet with, with her hair and, and with her tears. And Jesus says that wherever the gospel is preached, what this woman has done for him will also be shared. And it's meaningful because it is costly. I mean, she is giving of herself. And, and you know, she's giving even her dignity, right? Making this great show in front of people. Um, and she's not doing it for them. She's doing it for Jesus, but she doesn't care what they think. And she wipes her, she wipes Jesus' feet with her hair. I mean, she literally gives herself to Jesus. And that's why the gift is so great. It mirrors what Jesus does for us. He gave himself to us. One of the most famous stories of giving is inspired by this scripture passage. It's called Gift of the Magi. Uh, it's a short story by O. Henry. And it's a story about a husband and wife who are quite poor, uh, Della and Jim. And on Christmas Eve, they discovered that they don't have enough money to get a proper gift uh, for their spouse. And so uh, Della, who has this uh, beautiful, luxurious hair, decides to um, cut her hair and sell it to a hairdresser. And with the money from her long, luxurious hair, she buys a chain for Jim's pocket watch. He has this very nice pocket watch. But Jim sells his pocket watch so that he can get Della, who has long, luxurious hair, to get her a comb, a set of uh, decorative combs. And so, of course, on Christmas Day, when they exchange these gifts, Jim receives a chain for a pocket watch that he no longer has, and he gives to Della these uh, ornamental combs for hair that she no longer has. And so the gifts are not useful anymore, <laughs> but they are very meaningful. Why? Because they show uh, how priceless their love is for each other. How, how far they are willing to go for one another. It is a gift of themselves. What is the greatest gift that we can give? It is the gift of ourselves. 
in Gary Chapman's book, uh, The Five Love Languages, one of the love languages uh, is quality time. It, it is literally a gift of yourself. And, and all of them are, in a way, something that you give of yourself to other people. And the idea of quality time is, it's, it doesn't cost any money, but just like any of the gifts, there is a cost to it. If you are spending time with another person, then you're not spending it on other things. Just like if I buy a gift for somebody, then I don't get this, get to spend that money on myself. And, you know, again, for our loved ones, we do it gladly. But if you have a significant other, spending time with them, there definitely is a cost. You may be glad to pay it, but pay it you shall. <laughs> and, and I want us to think, in this season of Christmas, you know, uh, Christmas is funny because it's Jesus' birthday, but we all get gifts. What can we give back to our God? who is so given, who gives of himself to us. In turn, we can give ourselves to God. I want to suggest a way that we can give of ourselves to God. It is in our time. To set aside time for God. That's what we call QTs. Uh, often we call it quiet time. Um, I know some people who like to call it quality time. The idea is one and the same. It is a time that you are setting aside for God. I want to encourage you to spend some time with God. This is a gift you can give, right? And in this time, you don't do anything else. You know, you put your phone away. Uh, you don't multitask. But you just spend that time with God. It doesn't have to be super long. Maybe it's 10 minutes, but you just give that time to God. What do you do with that time? Well, you can read scripture, you can pray, but oftentimes when we do that, uh, I know a lot of people who, um, myself included, when we have quiet times, we struggle because we feel like we're not getting th anything out of it. Well, friends, true gifts are not done with the purpose of getting something out of it. True gifts are just given for the benefit of the other person. What do you get a God who has everything? Well, the one thing that God maybe doesn't have is you. Because God gave you your life and freedom to spend your life how you want. I mean, he could have just demanded your life. He could have forced you to give your life, to give your time to him. But God loves you. And so he gave you freedom. And in many ways, that's what love is, love is. Love is letting go. Love is giving to other people and knowing that you may not return. And so God has, has done that with us. Will you return to him? Will you give him some of your time? Will you give him some of your attention? I want to encourage you to just spend some time with God today. Even if you don't really do anything. Even if you don't feel like you're getting anything out of it. Even if you don't feel like God is saying anything to you. 
Could you just be here with God? There's a song uh, that I really like called Breathing by Lifehouse. And it it talks about, uh, metaphorically, this idea of spending time with God. Uh, I think similar to what I'm talking about, not expecting anything from God. It says, oh, I don't want a thing from you. Bet you're tired of me waiting for the scraps to fall off of your table to the ground. Because I just want to be here now. Because I am hanging on every word you say. Even if you don't want to speak tonight, that's all right. All right with me. Because I want nothing more than to sit outside heaven's door and listen to you breathing. It's where I want to be. That's where I want to be, uh, truly, is with God. There's nothing better. I do get benefits of that, of just sitting still with God. I, I got to tell you, it's not always easy because, you know, we're so programmed to think about our time as ours. You know, we don't like to waste time. We, wa- we, we always want to feel like our time is effective or we're getting a return for our time. But I think that's been one of the most valuable things for me to learn in terms of spending time with God. Uh, it's much like spending time with your friends, with your loved ones. You know, we don't think about it in terms of, or we shouldn't think about it in terms of what we're getting out of it. It's just, it's just a gift. You want to spend time with your friends because you love them. And if you don't get anything out of it, then it's just a gift that you gave. <laughs> and, and, you know, there are many times when spending time with your friends, with your loved ones, spending time with God is wonderful. I mean, let me assure you, it is. But I, I would hope that our intent, our, our, our first reason for coming to God is not just what we get out of it, but to just say, God, I am here and I am yours. And when that has become my attitude and outlook on the quality time that I spend with God, it, it, it changes the, the way I think about that time. And, and definitely, uh, my love for God grows during that time. So, let's just take a few moments. Um, you can take more, especially during these holidays. Maybe you'll have time. Take 10 minutes here, 15 minutes there, uh, and to just be still with God. You know, if you don't know what to do, you can just read scripture. Don't read it to get anything out of it. Just read it so that you can get to know your God a little bit better. Um, You know, maybe you can just read a little bit more in the Gospel of Matthew. You can just pick up the story where um, we left off here in chapter 2 and just keep going. You know, or maybe you just want to be still before God. Just take some deep breaths and just, you know, for me, when I'm still before God, you know, my thoughts will will jump around, you know, Uh, but but whenever I catch myself just wandering, (laughs) I, I just say the name of Jesus and just try to return to this moment. I, I don't need to think anything. I don't need to do anything. You know, 
God, God doesn't need me, but He wants me. He doesn't need you, but He wants you. Can you just say in your heart, God, I'm here. Jesus, I'm here. I am yours, and you are mine, and that is enough. Lord, thank you for being so given. Thank you for the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ. What can we possibly give in return for this most wonderful gift of your Son, who gave everything of himself for us. God, you deserve no less than our entire lives, than all that we are. And as a token of that, God, we want to give you our time, ourselves, and to just say, God, we are here to be with you. It can make all the difference in the world to just learn to be with you not asking anything in return. God, we apologize. We repent for the ways that we have come before you and, and, and we've just been so demanding, God. We've wanted you to serve us instead of the other way around. And so, God, we just repent and we turn back to you. We come in stillness. We come in humility. And we just say, God, here we are. Take us as we are. We thank you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.